Welcome to the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. Each week on the podcast, you'll hear stories and tactics from experts and influencers who will provide you with actionable steps to transform your business and your life. I'm your host, Larissa McClemon, and I help salon owners move from stress and overwhelm to lead a life of freedom and profit by implementing a strategic framework to grow and scale their business. So wherever you are in the world, I want to officially invite you to join me in this episode and make an important step in your journey towards more freedom and more profit. Have you ever felt like a wolf dressed in sheep's clothing? You feel like you own this seemingly successful salon with a great team, loyal clients, but you still experience waves of anxiety and loneliness often rolls through your mind. You begin to wonder, is this all too good to be true? Now, if you have experienced this, well, you're not alone. Imposter syndrome affects 70% of humans, including myself. I faced imposter syndrome many moments in my career towards owning and building a million-dollar business in salon, sometimes feeling a little unsure how to overcome this feeling of doubt in my ability to succeed. You may be feeling the same way. So in this episode, I want to introduce you to the expert in all things self-doubt, confidence, and imposter syndrome, Alison Shamir. Alison has experienced the highs and the lows of running a business and has been on the quest to help women all over the world acknowledge what is imposter syndrome and provide the secret to overcoming the fear and the anxiety that is only natural when success comes your way. This is something that even today, I'm still learning to conquer. So let's unpack the three beliefs surrounding imposter syndrome and everyday tools that you can use to overcome moments like this during your career. Alison, thank you so much for joining me on the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. Pleased to have you here. Thank you, Larissa. I am thrilled to be here with you. Really looking forward to this chat. So let's start with, Alison, where are you in the world? What do you do and how did you get to be doing that? Well, I'm coming to you live today from Sydney, Australia. So that's where I am based. Uh, Currently, I'm an imposter syndrome and confidence expert, speaker and coach. So imposter syndrome and confidence are my specialist areas which flow through my work from both a coaching perspective I work with organisations and individuals across the world, um, whether it's coaching, whether facilitating workshops or doing keynote speaking on the topics of imposter syndrome and confidence. I'm three years into my entrepreneurial journey, so I am a fellow business owner. And before that, I did have a long corporate career, primarily in the technology sector. Um, And I stepped out of that in 2019 to pursue my dream of running my own business and speaking and working with imposter syndrome and confidence on a full-time basis. Um, So that's a little about what I do. Um, You can also see some of my work in media. I do some different forms of consulting on these topics as well. So this is me day in and day out surrounded uh, by imposter syndrome and confidence. And what led me to this journey is in my past life as a technology leader, I experienced major bouts of imposter syndrome. And it was a severe bout back in 2013 where I had a very, very bad panic attack in my office here in Sydney um, that really changed the course of my life and career. Um, As sort of dramatic as that sounds, it's essentially what led me 
to be where I am today and, and ultimately here on this podcast with you. So I bring a very uh, personal story as well as professional expertise when it comes to imposter syndrome and confidence. So again, thanks for having me. Um, I really appreciate the opportunity to have this chat with you and your audience today. Well, I'm excited to have this conversation because I know that this is alive and well in the hair and beauty industry, particularly with business owners. Um, whether it's lack of confidence or imposter syndrome, it, you know, when you're at the top or the leader of your business, there's a lot of pressure and a lot of eyes focused on you to perform and do well. And who the heck am I to be doing this anyway? I certainly have had my fair share of uh, that in my own life, especially if you think about modern marketing, you have to put yourself in a public mm. arena and that is super scary for a lot of people. So um, I felt it very appropriate to talk about this because I think in my coaching experience with salon owners, it holds a lot of people back from what's yes. possible or yes. from what's their, for their, you know, what could be uh, a super successful, fun and exciting future. So um, I thought maybe a good way to kick things off, Alison, was what actually is, let's define what is imposter syndrome uh, and how, like, yeah, let's just simple as that. What is it? <laughs> I think it's a very, I think it's a very powerful place to start because imposter syndrome, just before I, I share the definition, it is something that especially in particular over the last sort of five or six years is being more widely spoken about. And I'm a huge advocate of that because elevating the conversation allows us to feel less alone in experiencing it and, and find our way through it. But unfortunately with that comes a raft of misinformation and that's very confusing whether you're an entrepreneur such as all of you, you know, listening today or business owners or whatever field you work in. And so part of my role as an educator in this space is to give you the right information and then allow you to, of course, go away and process that information and make up your own mind of whether you are or are not experiencing it. So I just like to start with that. But what imposter syndrome um, essentially is, is when you believe that you're not as intelligent, capable, qualified or competent as other people perceive you to be. And in spite of clear evidence of your you know, accomplishments, business acumen, the work that you're doing, your natural intelligence, your, you know, all of your expertise. Um, and because of this, those of us with imposter syndrome are plagued by this belief that we are not good enough or worthy enough. And therefore, we feel like we're going to be exposed as some kind of fake, phony or fraud or exposed as not being good enough. And that's where the name imposter syndrome comes from. So it very much shows itself by way of fear. So fear of being found out as not good enough, fear of being exposed as I shouldn't be running this business, I shouldn't, you know, be the head of this salon. And when we're experiencing it, we start to attack ourselves and get really, really personal with ourselves. So we attack ourselves at an identity level, which is I am not worthy to do this. I am not good enough to launch the business or run the business. Imposter syndrome is very much led by I-based statements. Me, 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 I am not good enough. You're questioning your identity and your worth as a person. And I share that because it differs greatly from standard self-doubt. So you can experience a bout of self-doubt, but self-doubt is the opposite of confidence. 
but imposter syndrome, you know, and confidence have a different kind of relationship. So I just want to take a second to explain the difference. If you are doubting your ability to work in a salon, run a salon, launch a business, and you're not sure about the systems and processes, you're not sure if you're going to be a great people hirer, you're not sure if you know how to work the financials and all of these key things, that could be a moment of self-doubt because it's doing something. It's about an action. If you want to know if you're experiencing imposter syndrome, listen to the language that you use. If you're criticising yourself, I am not worthy to do this, I will never be good enough to do this, I will never be able to do what Larissa does or Alison does, those very personal attacks is when it crosses the line into imposter syndrome. If it's just about a skill set or something you can go off and learn, then it can be in the self-doubt bucket. And I want to be very clear that they are two distinctly different things and a lot of people blend them together and it's actually incorrect. So I want to share on this podcast how to separate them. Listen for the language, listen for the personal attacks on yourself, who you are at a core. That's a dead giveaway that it's imposter syndrome. And it has to, you have to have an underlying feeling or fear that you're about to be found out as not good enough or exposed as not, not you know, that you shouldn't do the business and those sorts of things. They're the telltale signs of imposter syndrome. And it's important to understand both because you don't want to be self-diagnosing imposter syndrome if you're just sitting in the standard self-doubt bucket because the way through them are very, very different strategies. And I'll talk you through those today. But a lot of women think that they're experiencing imposter syndrome when they're not, or a lot of women are not aware imposter syndrome exists. So thank you again for the invitation to come on this podcast and share some insight. Because if you believe you're experiencing it, identifying it and understanding it's a real thing is the most important step. Because it's estimated imposter syndrome impacts around 70% of individuals wow. in their lifetime. And although out of that 70%, that's divided 50-50 between men and women, Imposter syndrome is not a woman's problem or isn't about women. However, men and women, if we just talk about those two genders at the moment or gender identifications, experience imposter syndrome differently. And that is because boys and girls can be raised differently and the messaging that we've had throughout our lives can be different. And as genders, we're not the same. Right, men and, men and women are not the same. We can be equal, but fundamentally, we have a different makeup. So they're just some things I wanted to share off the bat around identifying, you know, what imposter syndrome is, but allowing you to think about, well, are you really experiencing it or is it a different form of self-doubt? And we'll cover how to sort of remedy both throughout this. But it starts with identifying, which is a key piece of information. So I know that was a long way to answer your question, but I feel like that identification piece is really the most important piece of somebody or a woman navigating through whatever it is she needs to navigate through, whether it's imposter syndrome or a lack of confidence in a different area. I think you've actually laid that out really nice and simply to check in with yourself, which is it? Is it that I, I'm lacking the skill, which is something that can be learned and you can go forth and seek what you need to seek? versus I will never or I am not because that's actually uh, right. sort of in definition saying that uh, I'm, I will not be able to, this is not overcomable, it is what it is, I am who I am. And so that's really, really interesting. Um, I'm particularly interested yes. probably um, be just for 
recognizing sometimes it's easy to recognize things through contrast and I live in a family where I'm the only woman in my family I have two boys one husband and even the dog is a male and um I wonder if you might um I wonder if you might share the differences in in how women and men experience imposter syndrome because I think that conversation will be quite insightful Yes. Well, one of the core ways that sort of global research is showing at the moment is as a woman progresses in her career. So if you've got, if you're experiencing imposter syndrome, as you progress higher, so you get to the point where you're ready to launch the business or you have launched the business and you're in it and it's happening. Global research shows us that the level of imposter syndrome women feel goes up the more successful they become. Whereas it shows us that with men, the more successful they become, their imposter syndrome can start to come down somewhat. So it goes back to the core of how we recognize success, just how men and women can function in different environments. And so that's why it's really important to get a handle on your own imposter syndrome, because sometimes women believe that, okay, I feel like this now, but if I just launch the business or start running the salon or things start going well, my imposter syndrome is going to disappear. But here's sort of the, the fact around imposter syndrome, your success can make it worse. Mm. Not, actually, not actually make it better. And so we think, okay, if I just do this in the business, if I hire the people, if I finally take this chance, it's going to go away. But that doesn't fix it because we can't outrun or outmaneuver imposter syndrome. I often say it's not survivor, you know, the game where we're trying to outwit it. It will follow us. And in fact, it can get worse as we become business owners and we become successful. So global research, back to your question, says that, you know, women, the more successful, for the more prevalent it can become and therefore the more that you are suffering. Um, men can go the other day, uh, the other way. Now that's talking broadly from some research that out there. Not every person is the same and not every scenario, you know, is the same. But the takeaway for you all um, is that we need to get a handle on it because it won't go away. In fact, it may cause you to self-sabotage more in your business and not just yourself as a business owner, but how you treat your staff or how you treat those around you. Because if you are suffering with imposter syndrome, the impact extends beyond just your business success or your financials or how you manage your clients. It can impact how you engage and retain um, good staff as well. And as we know, that's fundamental to the success of a, of a sale on a business. We can't do it all on our own. So it starts to leak out into other areas of our lives as well. Is that directly related that like self-sabotage is um, a symptom or uh, as a result of imposter syndrome? Like, is it attached to the belief that, well, um, I'm beyond my capability here, so I'll have to bring my environment down to the level where I believe that I should be living? You nailed it. Essentially, so when it comes to, I couldn't have said it better myself. That was wonderful. And essentially, it's when we self-sabotage, self-sabotage is a coping mechanism, believe it or not, or a protection mechanism. So we feel, because we're driven by this fear of being exposed or found out as not good enough or not worthy enough, this is if we're sitting in imposter syndrome, we often self-sabotage ourselves 
And it sounds sort of contradictory, but it can make us feel better. It's a coping strategy or a protection strategy because if we self-sabotage and then we fail, we can say, oh, well, it was because I didn't apply myself or we make all of these creative excuses, but it just makes us feel better and it keeps us in this cycle of protecting ourselves, self-sabotaging, getting to a certain level, but then we never really get what we want. So it goes on to have broader negative um, impact. So we feel like we're protecting ourselves. You know, our brains are designed to keep us safe, but we're not really dealing with the root cause of what the problem is. It's getting to the underlying belief. It's conquering the imposter syndrome so we can stop self-sabotage and actually start taking the confident action we need to take to be successful, right? But self-sabotage is a big symptom of it. How imposter syndrome really surfaces in individuals. I'll give you a couple of ways that people can, can look out for. So self-sabotage is one of them. But when the sort of core hallmarks of imposter syndrome are, which I've spoken about, that sort of unrelenting feeling that we're about to be exposed or found out. So that's like top of the pyramid. If you have imposter syndrome, you're going to be feeling that. But some of the other things to look out for are a chronic fear of failure. So nobody likes to fail, right? And none of us as business owners want to fail. Nobody wants to fail. But when you don't have imposter syndrome, you know that failure is just part of business, you know, part of life. And if we do, we'll try something different. We'll pivot, you know, we'll, we'll do these different things. But if you have imposter syndrome, because you've already got a fear of being found out, failing at any part of your business is a catastrophe. So we catastrophize when we have imposter syndrome. We have we look at fear and doubt very, very differently because we look at it on such a heightened scale because we're fearful of being exposed or found out. Another key hallmark is when you have imposter syndrome, a common one is we deflect all of our success to third parties or luck. So we say, oh, well, I only launched, you know, the salon because Larissa gave me the help or because I got a really good deal on this or, or you know, I just got lucky, you know, right time, right place. And we deflect everything away as opposed to us sitting in our success and our competence and our hard work. Because again, imposter syndrome is tied to self-worth. So we never give ourselves mm. the credit that we deserve for every little micro step that we have taken or every skill that we have developed or taking the risk of launching the business or whatever it will be. And then another way is off the back of that, we're very good at deflecting praise. So you do launch the business and, and everyone goes, congratulations, you know, the doors are open and you just go, oh, you know, like no big deal. Anybody can open a salon, anybody, you know, and we find really creative excuses to push away or play down our success. And I see this a lot across Australia and New Zealand as well because of the tall poppy syndrome. Now, you know, and this notion of we have been conditioned to be humble or to not get too, you know, too ahead of ourselves or these conditionings that can come in from our environment can play a role. But yes, key hallmarks to look out for are, you know, do you have that feeling of being found out or exposed? Do you have that chronic and excessive fear of failure because you feel like then everyone's going to know you're not worthy to be there? Are you pushing away your success and lacking the inability to really internalise it? You know, you're pushing away praise. Um, and then the final part, which we covered, is then are you self-sabotaging? Are you getting stuck in procrastination cycles? I'll give you a few key uh, self-sabotaging um, examples just to close off that point. So perfectionism. 
is a form of self-sabotage. We get so fixated on doing everything perfect in our business that then we don't do anything and then things go downhill or we don't make win the clients or, you know, bring in the clients or do the marketing or show up how we need to to promote our businesses. Perfectionism is highly linked to imposter syndrome and it is a form of self-sabotage because there's no such thing as perfection, okay, as a takeaway. Um, chronically overthinking or ruminating is, is no, that's a form of self-sabotage. So we just spin and think on the same thing over and over and it becomes negative and then we procrastinate, which is another form of self-sabotage, which is a coping strategy because we think, oh, if I don't finish the project, then I won't fail. Right, but you're failing anyway. You're failing anyway because you're not doing the action. But it's it's how you're feeding back to yourself, going, oh, well, if I don't put myself out there, nobody will know. But then I won't fail, so I'll be protected. But of course, you're not protected because then your business doesn't succeed, so you fail anyway. Um, so there's 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 just a couple examples of self sabotage, and the final one I'll share, which is very common in women, and I'm sure a lot of you for listening will kind of nod to this one is we speak really nasty to ourselves. So the negative self-talk or what's known as the inner critic in our head, she comes out to play, you know, and it feeds that belief of, see, you're not good enough, you're not worthy enough, you'll never do this. And when that dialogue plays on autopilot in our mind, that is a, is a chronic form of self-sabotage. And you don't have to have imposter syndrome to have that negative voice. I wanna be very clear with you all, you can be having self-doubt and have an, have an inner critic voice. But when you've got imposter syndrome, the inner critic voice is very personal. It's again attacking you at the identity level. It's that, see, you are not good enough. See, you should have never started this business. They're all going to find out that you're stupid. Right, that you don't know what you're doing. It gets really, really nasty. And all of us who've experienced imposter syndrome, we know that negative story and that voice. We could, you know, if I got you all to grab a piece of paper and write it down now, I know you all could go, this is what I say to myself each time. So they're the forms of self-sabotage to look out for that, you know, are commonly linked to imposter syndrome. Hey, I just wanted to pop in to tell you something. Don't worry, we're gonna get back to this awesome episode in just a second. Now, if this sounds like you, listen up. You have a team, you love your team, but you're sick of wondering why and wishing your team would make their sales targets. You want them to be smashing sales because it shows that they're actually looking after their clients really well. Like imagine if you could have a way to make more from the clients that you already have, increase sales without spending more on advertising. Well, it's totally possible and I want to help you. And I want to help you do it with ease, in a classy way. No hard and dirty sales tricks here. Ways to serve your clients, make more, because everybody wins. The team, the client, and of course, you, the business owner. Now, if you want to find out more, just DM me uh, and let's chat. I'll make a plan for you. I'm also going to leave a link for you on the show notes of this episode. All right. Let's get back to the episode. Um, I just was thinking to myself, we're, we're really quite complicated, aren't we, humans? Do you know? We don't, keep, don't make it simple for ourselves. So um, I think a lot of people, like you said, will be nodding along and thinking, yeah, I, this, this is, I'm experiencing this on some level multiple times a day or a week. Would you be so kind to give us a couple of things that we can take action today now that we've recognized it and we're realizing that we're living in this? What's something that we can do today to just start the journey of 
stepping away from the cycle that we're in. Yeah, the most important thing for anyone to do is identify why you are feeling this way. And this can be just a very personal moment where you get your, your cup of tea or your coffee and you just sit and have a moment to yourself. Well, you can do it with somebody that you trust. But what I mean by this is all of us who have experienced imposter syndrome have a moment in our past, what I call your origin story. And it was the first moment in our lives. It is predominantly in your childhood or adolescent years is where this first, the seed of this unworthiness is planted. And I want to be clear that it's not your fault. If you experience imposter syndrome, it is not your fault. It is a product of something that happened to you in your past, which, which was not your fault, that then as you grow up and become an adult, in 70% of us, manifests into imposter syndrome. So we need to move away from self-blame, because it's not your fault, but into self-exploration, so we can get to the crux of where the limiting belief or that I am not worthy started, right? Because knowing that will help you understand how cemented in you it is. Because if you are someone who has suffered with imposter syndrome, let's just call it for years, for 10 years, you might have to do a little bit deeper work to unravel it. Whereas if you're somebody who has worked in a salon, you know, for 10 years and never experienced imposter syndrome, but then decide you want to go and start your own business, and that is when the imposter syndrome comes out, you haven't been stuck in that self-sabotage for as long. So you may be able to move through it faster. So back to your question, sit all, you know, grab your cuppa, sit with a moment and go, okay, when did this happen to me in my past? Who was there? Who said something? Was it to do with my family, a parent, a caregiver, a teacher at school? Where did this sort of seed of, you know, not, not feeling worthy stem from? There's a lot of power in understanding your origin story. That will bring mm -hmm. you a lot of peace to go, right, this is where it came from, okay? I know it's not all in my head. The second tip you need to, to all do is identify what your trigger is. And the difference between the origin story and the trigger is the origin story is sort of where that seed of unworthiness was planted in the past to understand the timeline of your imposter syndrome. But your trigger is what is it in your day-to-day -day that is bringing out the imposter feelings? So is it the fact you've started a business and that was the main trigger? Is it the fact that your business is performing really well and you're thinking, oh God, it's only a matter of time before they all find out, I don't know. Is it that you've just hired someone brilliant in your business and you are fearful that this brilliant person, although that's a great thing, are going to expose you as the fraud that you feel that you are, even though that's not true. So I want you to think about the trigger, what's surfacing the imposter syndrome feelings in you. That is very important because the next step to overcome it, to close out your question, is we have to identify an action to address that trigger and an action that's not self-sabotage. Because right now when your imposter syndrome is triggered, what you're doing is acting on self-sabotage, right? You are removing yourself from a situation. You are overthinking a situation. You are trying to be perfect to get through the situation. There are all these things you're doing to sabotage yourself. We must change that action into a more confidence-boosting action. But you can't pick the new action until you understand the trigger and the self-sabotage that you are stuck in. Okay, so it's identifying origin story, then picking the specific trigger that's bringing it out to you at work, who's involved, what's going on, 
And in, in that, you're identifying what self-sabotage. So are you a perfectionist? Are you overthinking? Is the negative self-talk taking over? Are you practicing avoidance where you're just backing away from everything that's good, which is a form of self-sabotage? Identify that. And then we need to replace the action. So how can you choose something that is more confident to do instead of that self-sabotage? Right, because changing the action is the most critical thing. And you don't have to do it on your own. You can speak to somebody that you trust. You can brainstorm some different actions that you can do. So I'm going to give you some very quick examples here just in the interest of time. But if you're a perfectionist, there's no such thing as perfection. We must choose progress over perfection. So your question to yourself is, well, what is one incremental step I can take to get the task off my plate or to get the marketing campaign out or what is my good enough metric? I don't have to love it, right? I don't have to fall in love with not be, but I have to do something. So what is a better, more positive action? You need to really challenge yourself with choosing the next action. If you're speaking to yourself really harshly, you need to choose a better dialogue and practice. Some people call this affirmations. Sometimes it could just be, you know, saying it to yourself quietly at home in different ways, but we must change the action. In order to change the action from self-sabotage to confident action, we have to identify what the self-sabotage is. And so that was the middle step that I gave you. And then we've got to replace the action. And there is some great information on my website where I talk through this in, in more detail. But they are the three steps. Origin story, so you can understand your past and the depth of your imposter syndrome. Current trigger and self-sabotage, super important, so we can do what I call intercept. And the third part is choosing a new action, so we can redirect the imposter syndrome self-sabotage into a more confident, productive action. So that is the way through imposter syndrome in the models that I use. And you can all do this over and over. Grab your notebook. I recommend write this down. And then the final part, Larissa, is share it with somebody that you trust. So mm -hmm. grab your friend, grab you, Larissa, grab someone who can go, okay, I've done this little exercise. And now I really, I need to nail this final confident action. And you might know it already, but if you're stuck, ask somebody that you trust that can help you. You know, Larissa, you've got awesome, great content around this. You know, lean on people who can help you and say, okay, well, I think you should do this, this, and this. It's okay to get help from people. We don't have to figure it all out on our own, but those steps I just shared with you are the framework. That's the yeah. framework you need to operate in to overcome imposter syndrome. Um, those are the critical steps. Yeah, I think that's amazing. And you've broken it down super simply. And uh, I just want to encourage, having been somebody who's been through this, um, is to just be patient with yourself. Would yes. you say, Alison, like this is not going to be something that's going to be fixed overnight. This is work in progress over a period of time. And that's something that I've really learned the older that I get is take your time on it and don't just try it once and say, oh, I'm fixed now or I'm not fixed now. That didn't work. But you've got to stick with it for a little while um, and, and a little bit of grace and patience with oneself. Absolutely. That is a, a, a fantastic, you know, view of, of it. And you're exactly right. And even in my own coaching program, so I'll just talk about coaching for a second on imposter syndrome. My coaching programs are designed over a minimum of 12 weeks. And that, that's when we're dealing with imposter syndrome. And the reason for that, just for everybody listening, is when you are stuck in self-sabotaging cycles, 
which are caused by imposter syndrome. So any of us who have imposter syndrome, we self-sabotage. It's just a matter of which one of those self-sabotages we're doing. Some of us do multiple. For me, I was stuck in chronic perfectionism cycles mm. and it caused my anxiety to go through the roof. It led me to clinical burnout three times in my previous career because when you're striving for per perfection and perfection doesn't exist, let me tell you, it's a very, very dark and dangerous spiral and I've been there. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's very important that we understand the self-sabotage that we're in because it gets cemented into our brains and our behavioural patterns. And so your point about taking time and being kind to ourselves is true because in order to overcome imposter syndrome, you have to make behavioural changes and you have to cement them as new habits. And science, mm. science tells us in the latest global research that in order to create and, and embed a new habit, it takes on average, this is on average, around 86 to 90 days to cement a new habit. Now, my programs are designed over 12 weeks so I can take you beyond that um, average time and we can really cement behavioural change. So you're exactly right. Larissa, that it's not an overnight fix, but it's not a life sentence either. But I want everyone to understand that these are big behavioural changes because if you're self-sabotaging, you know, if we're being really negative to ourselves, if we're st stuck in negative cycles, we've been stuck in them for a while, right? Let's all be honest with us. Some of us might have been stuck in them for years. Some might have just been stuck in them for six months. But remember, we can't just click our fingers and come out of those cycles. Be kind to yourself, give yourself time. And what I say to my clients and in my talks is, enjoy the journey. Mm. In, in, enjoy the journey of, okay, now I realize I'm in this. Now I realize I'm not alone and there's a way out of it. So I'm gonna soak up here some, some learnings and some professional development. You know, I'm going to try different things. I'm going to give myself time to adjust. You know, I'm gonna release perfectionism and those sorts of things. So embrace the journey is something I wanted to share Great. because it's a growth journey, just like running a business, right? We all, we're all growing and learning as we run our business or new people come in and things shift all the time. And I know because I've been a business owner for three years, right? I know it's not smooth sailing. In fact, it's one of the hardest things you can do. I think all of us resonate with that as business owners, right? It gives us, Absolutely. you know, it's a wonderful journey, but it's bloody hard, okay? It's, it's a bloody hard journey and we must be kind to ourselves and we must be patient because great change takes time and in a world where we strive for instant gratification, it's important yeah. to remind ourselves that some of the greatest things can take some time and that patience and being kind to yourself and practice and repetition can be one of the most powerful strengths that you possess as a business owner. Don't worry about going fast, just worry about doing the right steps in the right order. Because if you do that, I guarantee you, you will expedite your way through imposter syndrome. Yeah, amazing. Well said. Uh, now, speaking of being a business owner, what would you say is a quote or a mantra or something that keeps you super focused and centered and moving forward? What's something you can share with us? Yeah, look, I, I, I have a few that sort of rotate through my mind, but the one that always comes back to the top of my mind is whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. And it feels very relevant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it, it obviously links to what we're saying today, but I have it. I've got a, a vision board here to that, you know, you all can't see it, but it's here in my office. And that's one of the quotes that I have in front of me because that sort of belief, and it ties into imposter syndrome because, you know, it's whether you think you can, but imposter syndrome impacts the way that you think. 
because mm-hmm. you are thinking and believing you are, there's a belief there that, that you're not worthy you're thinking i can never do that i will never be as good as larissa or the other business owners i will never be as good as the salon i look up to right so it, whether you think you can or you think you can't you're right and there's a real apart from I, I know some of you or a lot of you might be familiar with that quote but there's a real science behind that because your brain is designed to keep you safe right keep you alive and 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 keep you moving but you out of all of the thoughts that you have through the day and it's thousands the research always changes the statistics of how many thoughts we have a day it goes from an average of 6000 thoughts to 20000 thoughts when you look at different research but but the key stat here is that the majority of your thoughts are negative so 70 to 80% of the thoughts that we have daily are negative habitual cycles and that's because our brain is constantly scanning for danger to keep us alive and to keep us moving so in order to think positively or think with a more open confident mind you actually have to consciously try you have to consciously do it so reminding yourself that whether you think you can or you think you can't you're right reminds you to say okay am i stuck am i thinking negatively about this how can i shift this narrative how can i take a different action how can i put a more positive spin on this situation even if it's tough and i want to be clear this is not about toxic positivity because sometimes you're having a really can i say shit you're having a really shit day right it's a really tough day things are going wrong right we don't want to go oh it's fine it's fine we're not talking about toxic but we're going okay this has been a really tough day how can i make tomorrow better how can i close out the salon tonight on a stronger possible foot right so your thoughts play a vital part your thoughts and your belief you need to believe and start thinking that you can overcome imposter syndrome and that you can be as successful whatever success means to you salon owner or business owner because if you don't think and believe those things you won't achieve them and that's why imposter syndrome is about starting at the origin starting yeah. at the belief what drives what drives the thoughts if you don't dismantle that imposter syndrome will pull on your jacket no matter how far you go in your career now Alison I know you've got some resources for us to get our hands on um do you want to talk a little bit about that and where we can find them yeah absolutely so if you want to head firstly I'm very easy to find across the web so alisonshamir.com or alisonshamir across uh, Instagram um LinkedIn or my Facebook business page so please come find me if you would like I post a lot of free and valuable content across social media you can do a lot of reading in your own time I um, highly recommend going to my website and to the blog section, the blog or media sections. Again, heaps of content there that I have written that gives you far more in-depth. You know, we've, we've chatted today at a really at a really deep level, but that will sort of broaden it out a bit more across the topics. And also in those blogs, there are lots of coaching tips and my recommendations of things that you can do. So it's essentially great. some great coaching resources all there for you, you know, free on the website. And if you have questions, comments or feedback for me, please come say hi um, on social media or please slide into my DMs and let me know you listen to this podcast or you've got a particular question because I love hearing from, you know, audiences that listen to me and I will always, uh, as soon as I can, answer your questions or point you in the right direction and if that's not me or what i provide i certainly might be able to push you in other directions of people um, who can help you or networks you know that might be beneficial as well 
I'll be sure to put the links to all of those resources that you've mentioned on the show notes of this episode. Um, Alison, this has been amazing. I know that this has touched several key points for those that are listening. Um, so I really appreciate the time and the depth um, of what you shared with us today. It's great. No, thank you, Larissa. And I just wanted to say a personal thank you for creating this space as well and for the teaching and the knowledge that you share across your platforms. I think fostering this community because these conversations are so valuable and I know that they make people feel less alone, of course, and more empowered. And so thank you for creating the space to talk about imposter syndrome because the final thing I wanted to share is so many of us suffer in silence and we think that, you know, it's only us you know, we're the only ones who feel this way. So thank you for creating the space to speak about it because, you know, I want women to know that if they're feeling this way, they're not alone and that there's, you know, help and resources out there so they can go on to achieve, you know, whatever success they want in their salon and, and business ventures. Amazing. I appreciate that. That's a wrap for this week's episode. Alison, your wisdom and your experience in this field is, well, rather incredible. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and strategies. It was truly enlightening. Now, if you're listening to this episode and think help, then let's chat. I want to help you overcome the overwhelm and the fear that comes with running a salon. From one business owner to another, I know exactly what it takes to move past self-doubt to truly move the needle inside of your business. Just click the apply now button in the show notes of this episode. Let's chat. Maybe Salon Mastery is right for you. Otherwise, see you same time, same place on the podcast next week. Ciao for now. Thanks for joining me on another episode of the podcast. Tune in every week as I reveal the latest insights and advice on what it takes to truly master your inner salon CEO and master your salon success. Subscribe to the Salon Owners Collective podcast on iTunes or Spotify or visit us online at www.salonownerscollective.com. But make sure to join me in my Facebook group for answers to common questions and much, much more. Thanks for listening and I look forward to tuning in with you again next week.